backdrop you, you have how's it going it's great man it's great how are you good how do i get it to go full so i can see myself let's see you know? um oh where is that there's like a gallery view let me see if i can switch that oh i see a gallery view ah yeah there you go is that better is that good for you yeah that's cool just give me a second here i'm trying to get everything good Wow, you look all professional, man. Hey, that's my gym right there. You know? Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, I man, I've, I've been I teach college classes uh, oh, you? from home online now, so I've been having to like put on a polo to film some lectures. I figure I'll just keep it on throughout the podcast. Then I yeah, throw dude. on a gym shirt after that. You know how it is. Yeah. Just give me a second here. Hey, you're fine. I like the grappling dummy and the inversion table. I got to have the grappling dummy in there. Essential. Yes, hold on. Let me look here. Yeah, cool. I'm good with that. All right. The mood has been set. The mood has been set. I'm even sober. So Excellent. <laughs> well, man, uh, thank you so much, uh, uh, Mr. Keith, for being willing to come on the podcast. Um, you know, You've helped me. I've talked with you on the phone and messaged you over the years a time or two. I just like, I first got onto you watching you teach some on YouTube, just some videos. And man, I really always liked the way you broke things down and kind of followed you over the years. And uh, awesome. it's awesome to be able to interview you. Cool. Well, I appreciate being here, man. I, I My schedule is really fluid right now. Not a lot going on. So I was more than happy to to be on this. No problems. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, man, um, how did you get involved with jujitsu? I was wanting to, uh, to talk with you. I know that you're, you're affiliated in a black belt under Pedro Sauer, who's somebody else that's inspired and motivated me a lot over the years. Uh, when I was at a Hickson seminar and he was there and he was the only other guy, I was like, I got to get a picture with him. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. So how did you get started off? How did, how did you get connected? Uh, was that your instructor from the beginning? Well, uh, <clears throat> I was born knowing jujitsu. So I just came out of the womb. And so really it goes a long way back or probably not. But uh, man, when I started jujitsu, there was nothing going on in jujitsu there. I would have started it earlier if I could have, if I could have been like discovered it at eight years old or something like that, I would have started jujitsu. It was like the first time I saw it, I went, I got to learn that. That's what I got to do. That is the secret to fighting right there. And I was already a black belt in martial arts. Um, I, I had, uh, I don't know, maybe I just gotten my black belt in Kung Fu, I think. And then I, I was looking at black belt magazine and black belt magazine had the Gracie's in it. And they were doing those, uh, you know, the Gracie challenges against everybody. And I'm like, Whoa, that's pretty cool. You know, and you see Hoyler Gracie fighting, I don't know, a Kempo guy. I mean, that's how far back it goes. And then I started, um, then I started watching uh, the UFC. Like I didn't see UFC one, but I saw UFC two. And I was like, oh man, this is great. There's, you know, there's gonna be fighting. And I think there was another one before the UFC, another fighting thing. I, I, honestly, I can't remember, it's been so long, but I started going, whoa, this is, 
the way that they're going to test martial arts because you know you always thought that the martial art that you're in you're a badass and everything but you never had to prove it or do anything you know and and so um i said hey i want to learn this that's cool yeah and then but the opportunity wasn't there i mean there was nobody teaching it you know there was you know just a few people in the united states that were teaching it and then i, I was looking around and i found pedro sour and lucky me, I cannot believe uh, how awesome it's been that uh, I got to teach. I got to learn from Pedro Sauer. And I just, I went to his school in Utah one day and, and uh, you know, he's just a cool guy, man. I just went, wow, this dude's really cool. And we started training and I really sucked. And, and, you know, on a side note too, the very first person I grappled with was a girl and she was a blue belt at the time. And he, and professor, and professor has a way of just, um, testing you you know he's just testing you and uh he's done that several times to me just test me and see what kind of person i am as a human being and, and you know what my ego is and 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 he goes hey and he always calls me keith owen he never calls me keith now you know he does now but, but, but for years it's always been keith owen i got my full name right and and it's it's always he can call me keith owen all he wants but he was like keith owen i want you to go wrestle i want you to go grapple with her and I went, okay, you know, and I'm a black belt at the time. And I'm, I'm pretty awesome. I can do this. I got this. She kicked my ass. I can't believe it, man. She uh, armbarred me right off the bat. And, you know, your ego goes one of two ways. You go, wow, I just got, I got beat by a girl. Sorry to be like this. I mean, I'm instead of time thinking I'm just so awesome. God, I just got beat by a girl. I should probably just quit and not do this. I'm not made for this. All right, that's one way. Or I went, whoa. She just armbarred me and I can't wait until I'm doing that to other people. And that's the, uh, that's the attitude that I had the whole time was I, I'm going to be just like her one day. I'm, I mean, she didn't use any strength on me. She just, man, armbarred me. And then, you know, she choked me out. I don't want to talk about it anymore, but it was, it was, I, I certainly learned a valuable lesson. And I, I don't know where she is today. I don't know who she is. I thank her for kicking the crap out of me because it made a real believer out of me that, uh, you don't have to be big and strong to be able to armbar the crap out of somebody. So, and then after that, I'm hooked and I just, I started going down to Salt Lake. I lived in a town called Twin Falls, Idaho. And so I traveled to Salt Lake, which is about four hours away. And, uh, you know, I, I would stay there for weeks at a time, just, uh, training, you know, as much as I could. And, uh, so I, and I've been with professor the whole time I've gotten every belt from him and I've seen all of his schools and I've seen him grow as a human being. And, I've seen the good side, the good times. There's no, there's no bad side to Professor, but I've seen the good side, and then I've seen people do bad things to him and um, how he's handled it. And I've taken lots of lessons from him, so I'm very thankful that he's my instructor. Was it him that like somebody kind of accosted his daughter or something in the street, and he just like jacked him in a wrist lock? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Um, that happened in Greece, I don't know, about four years ago, maybe three years ago. I don't know. He's doing a seminar there. Um, and some guy, uh, he, his whole family was there and then some guy walked up to his daughter, but a professor didn't see that and walked up to his daughter. And I'm, you know, I, I wasn't there, so I'm, I'm just giving you secondhand info, but, uh, I think he grabbed her or was messing with her and she told uh, professor and, uh, you know, I've seen professor kick the shit out of a few people before. And, uh, you know, I just go, oh, that's professor at his best. He just, you know, uh, he's great boxing skills too. He could beat the crap out of you standing up if he wanted to. And, um, you know, I think he broke that guy's wrist. That's what I really think. I, I don't know, but that dude was, oh man, learned a valuable lesson. 
And he's lucky. That dude is lucky he didn't get the, just the entire crap kicked out of him because um, – but Professor's not that kind of guy. He just he, – he teaches lessons. <laughs> and he taught that guy a lesson. For sure, for sure. I rem- I, I was thinking that was Pedro Sauer. I just could I, I couldn't remember a hundred percent, but uh, I thought I would ask you about it while we were while yeah. we were chatting. Um, what what is something about like man? I've always kind of been attracted to. I've only seen his videos. I've never got to train with him, right? And, but I've trained with a lot of people, uh, and come to find out, people that I've like yourself that I've been attracted to in their jujitsu over time. Come to find out, they're Pedro bite belts. Um, mm. What what is it about his style that makes it so special? Would well, Professor, um, you know, Elio Gracie was uh, – how can I say this? I'm going to insult somebody, and I don't mean to, but I'm just being truthful about Professor. Uh, Elio Gracie, um, his jiu-jitsu was made for a smaller person to be able to defend themselves against larger people. And in jiu-jitsu, our philosophy, at least in the Pedro Sauer Association – our philosophy is that you should be able to grapple somebody 50 pounds heavier than you. All right. And today in tournament jujitsu, it's real. I mean, it's very popular tournament jujitsu. A lot of younger guys are doing tournament jujitsu and you know, in, in the tournament, everybody is uh, your belt level, your weight class, your age group for a certain period of time. Uh, and you know, you start standing up and you go for it <clears throat> and that's cool. Right. But they're all in your weight class. And, and so, uh, I don't believe that that is the uh, essence of what real jiu-jitsu is. Real jiu-jitsu is you should be able to fight somebody 50 pounds heavier than you and be able to defend yourself. And when you're in class, you know, I know there's a lot of tournament guys, but when you're in class, you're fighting people who are way heavier than you all the time. And so I think in the training aspect of it, you get people who, uh, you know, going super hard, right? And you can go super hard on somebody when they're your weight class, but when they're heavier than you, man, they're, that dude's probably going to be a lot stronger than you. And you're going to have to wait and work your way out of it. And that's what Pedro Sauer jujitsu teaches. And it's, and, and it's even, it's even, I feel a step above the, the, <clears throat> the way most people teach jujitsu. I mean, it is very, very, very technical uh, really easy moves with some super technical things that a lot of people don't know about. I call um, Pedro Sauer Jiu-Jitsu the Yale or the Harvard of Jiu-Jitsu because it's not, it's not just a, a, you know, a bunch of guys who are going for it and tapping each other. It's the way you, you tap somebody out and the technique you use because we always want to be able to do Jiu-Jitsu when we're 80 years old. Uh, eight or nine. And if you're going hard all the time and that's what you're doing, you're never going to make it to 80 or 90 years old. You're going to retire out of jujitsu. And that's a shame, man, because we don't want to live for glory days, right? We want to live, we want to do jujitsu all of our life. So you have to understand the technique and you can't just give all your muscle and energy on every single thing that you're doing. And I see lots of people um, going full bore all the time. And that's not, that's not Pedro Sauer jujitsu. It's very, um, professor, uh, he told me that this is what jujitsu is. He goes, a lot of people think jujitsu is this, right? But he says jujitsu is this. You're using your mind with a minimum amount of muscle. And when you understand jujitsu that way, uh, you can be able to train uh, all of your life. And I'm going to tell you this. There's a lot of instructors now, and you see them all over in videos and everything like that. And they're, you know, super athletic. I'm telling you, one day you're going to see those instructors start preaching technique because they're going to get to an age of 40, 45, and they're not going to be able to do the things that they did when they were a kid. So you'll, you'll start to see them start preaching jujitsu a lot more. Well, they're going to discover Pedro Sauer jujitsu after that, because that's really what we, that's really what we're into is we're not into, we're, we're into the 
we're, you know, professor says that jujitsu is not fair. And I'm all about exploring that fact uh, in jujitsu. I'm trying to use the least amount of energy uh, to tap somebody out. And that, that's, I guess, in a long, to make a long story even longer, that's what Pedro Sauer jujitsu really encompasses to me. And I have learned things that when I show people, it just blows their mind, but I stole it from professor. So I think he's the greatest jujitsu instructor in the world too, by the way. I'm, I know I'm biased, but I really mean it. He's just, he's just that good. Yeah. Well, man, and that's one of the things like, I'm glad you hit on that because seeing you post online, I, I feel like you're no matter what sick, tired, don't want to train. You're there doing it and you, you kind of share it and it, man, it's inspiring because that's, I, I just turned 33 on Monday. I know you just recently had a birthday. Happy birthday. I decided 92. to have, I'm 92. <laughs> nice. Nice. That I was telling somebody there's that jujitsu meme. It's like, oh, I've been training jujitsu for two years. It's like an old guy before right. and after, uh, but man, longevity, that is what I'm chasing, you know? And I, I'm always talking to people that are, that are further ahead of, of me or that are, that are kind of commenting on it, you know, like, mm -hmm. Hey man, I, I was getting injured or I didn't want to get injured. So this is why I do it that way. Yes. So you, are you retired law enforcement? Well, I used to be a cop back in the day. Um, <clears throat> and I didn't like being up at four in the morning. So uh, I just knew that uh, my father was a police officer. My uncle was a police officer. And so uh, that's what I wanted. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be a cop, man. I would go around and just pretend I was a cop the longest time. And then I got into the profession and I really like it. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. And, and, and I think in, in my whole thought process of being a cop is that I think people are basically good. There's a lot of bad people, but there's 20% bad. And I, I really think there's 80% good. Um, but I wanted to teach jujitsu, man. I got into it and I go, I just want to be a, that's all I want to do. I want to do jujitsu. Uh, I've done some other things, you know, and, and I've just given them up so I can just do jujitsu full time and teach it because that's where my, that's where my love is. But I, I taught at the Idaho police Academy for 10 years too. I was uh, a primary use of force instructor for them. So I taught a lot of police officers uh, over the years, how to do jujitsu. I, I pioneered the program for the post Academy here in Idaho as well. So, uh, I feel pretty proud about that. And, you know, in my tenure as a, as an instructor, as a use of force instructor, uh, there was not anyone killed in the state of Idaho um, because they were beat up or something like that. There's some people who were shot uh, and a lot, you know, a lot of people got hurt in car accidents. I'm not a driving instructor, so can't do much about that. But I was just very proud that uh, nobody got killed uh, as an officer while, you know, I did my 10 years. With academy now i i retired i i just got so busy that i couldn't couldn't do it and so um i <clears throat> but i still love law enforcement i still want to help them and you know um i, I think jujitsu has taken off in the law enforcement community so yeah i was a cop nice you know on, and let me just say this my favorite thing to do as a cop i want to say this because i've done a lot of things worked in the jail worked and i was a deputy my favorite thing to do was court security I love, I love taking prisoners to court and taking them back. Uh, and you go, well, why is that? That doesn't sound like fun. Sitting in the, the courtroom and actually listening to what these guys did, right? And you go, you go, oh my God, I would have never figured out that you were a child molester just by talking to you, right? And there's just all that stuff, murder, people murdering people. And 
and I just found that fascinating in the court system that, you know, you know, what people do and their excuses for things and, and, uh, Idaho law enforcement is pretty tough, man. Are they are, uh, the, the judicial system, man, they put people away for a lot of years. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, a guy that, uh, what's actually one of my instructor's dads, uh, worked in, the, uh, lived in Idaho as rental properties there and stuff, oh. but worked in the logwoods for like 20 years. I oh. should, uh, hit him up and ask him uh, if he has any good stories. Sure. <laughs> um, man. So like, what are your thoughts on, uh, I mean, I hate, I, I don't want to do any labeling or anything, but I, I feel like, I feel like you're probably not like, Hey, you know, I BJJF all the way, like competition jujitsu is the way of life. We should, uh, but I'm not saying like, I, I don't know where you stand on competitions. Honestly, where, where do you stand on where jujitsu is as a sport? Has that diverged from original intent of the art? You know, I honestly, I like uh, tournament jiu-jitsu. Uh, I'm one of those guys that I'm a self-defense instructor first, but I, I like tournament jiu-jitsu. And I know I'm supposed to pick. I feel like in jiu-jitsu, it's like there's sides going on. You're a tournament guy or you're a self-defense guy. And, um, you know, and that's the tournament guys are like that too, man. No respect for self-defense guys. I mean, and self-defense guys, I could probably say that right back. I mean, you know, and they try to hang out in their own worlds. And I, I feel that self-defense is the most important thing uh, in jiu-jitsu. Uh, especially for my students when they come in uh, and take their class for the first time, I'm teaching them self-defense jujitsu. I, I want to make sure that, you know, cause uh, there's a good chance that if you're my student, you come in, there is a good chance that you might quit jujitsu. I, I know that's shocking to you. You, know, you probably never heard that before, but for various reasons, people quit. And I don't, don't have a lot of quit, but there are people that do. And I want to make sure that I've taught you some self-defense in case you need it one day, in case you're attacked out on the street. That's my driving force. Having said that, you need to go and do tournaments, man. Because uh, when you go do tournaments on that day, at that moment, you are going against somebody else and you are going to see who the better person is right at that moment. And it, I mean, I, what's, the, what's the alternative? I guess go get into a fight at a bar, go drinking and go get into a fight. And, you know, I, I guess you could do that. But the tournament uh, allows you to go test your skills and you can even go do MMA too. I mean, that's not, that's not a problem. I like MMA as well. I just, there's just no money in MMA for a guy like me. I mean, I teach an MMA. I, I would love to do that. And I, I pretty good at that. I have two stand up uh, black belts, but um, jujitsu tournaments, I think are where it's at. And there's rules in jujitsu tournaments is the way it is. Um, but I just don't like the fact that, you know, you got to pick between the two and I, I don't pick. I, I, I mean, I let my guys, we were, um, Team Rhino was ranked number seven in the country at one time. Uh, I think it was Naga uh, way back in the day. We were ranked number seven in the country in, in tournaments. So we were doing tournaments all the time. And, and uh, you know, we were going to the worlds and, and doing all, all that. And, and I, so I have no problem with that. But I just think that self-defense jiu-jitsu, I believe personally, is more important. And the tournament guys should be teaching self-defense jiu-jitsu right off the bat as well. Because people coming in, they don't want to be tournament champions. They want to learn self-defense. And that's how you get people in your school, right? But at the same time, you can't go. And I know there's some self-defense schools that are like, you don't want to do that tournament crap. That's, that's a, you know, that's never going to get you anywhere. You want to stick to the real roots of self-defense. And uh, see, I, my problem is I don't fit in anywhere. Like I, I'm totally into the self-defense, but at the same time, man, I, I know a lot of tournament guys. I'm friends with them and I, and that's cool. And, and they can do that. And, and I don't give a rat's ass if they like, my self-defense jujitsu or not. I just know that it's really good. It works. Elio Gracie jujitsu is, uh, 
has changed my life. And, and I've had numerous uh, officers call me uh, on the phone and tell me that what I've taught them at the academy has saved their life. You know, they were in a fight and it, it saved them. They were out in the middle of the, out of the middle of nowhere fighting this dude. And I had about seven or eight of that. I've had probably, I don't know, a hundred people tell me that what I've taught them they've used in a fight. So uh, I know, I know where the good jujitsu should start and I should start self-defense. Yeah, man, I like that approach because why not both? There is a lot of bickering and back and forth of this is that you you hit it all on the head. But it's like you know I've competed a lot, blue through brown. I haven't competed at black. I've had my black for two years, but um, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and I mean, I it's you know honestly, I will I will compete in more matches. I just right. yeah. you know. I haven't, like, honestly, I started teaching college a couple years ago, and we just moved to another school two weeks before the pandemic shut down. No, nice. Uh, twi- twice the size. So, really, man, I've, I've accomplished everything, and now I kind of feel like I could start focusing or actually probably not focusing on. You know, back when I competed before, it was like that was all I was focused on. So, like, I see – and then I kind of started doing both, like what you're talking about, and that's been a way better result for me mentally and physically. I'm less jacked up, uh, and I'm not – this is the best way I've been able to describe it. I'm not always worried about being a certain version of myself by this tournament date. Yes. Just yeah. worried about the, just being better just today and tomorrow, just living my best life. So, anyway – um, what, uh, what are some of your thoughts on some of the other jujitsu that's coming out right now? Not just like the competition self-defense, but like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of no gi going on. There's a lot of, uh, you know, no gi versus gi debate, but there's a lot of fascinating jujitsu coming out of Australia. Uh, there's the, the, the Donna, the rise of the Donaher, uh, death squad and, Man, it kind of seems like uh, jujitsu is flowering uh, in certain ways. Like, what's your what's your take on all these kind of other riffs? Okay, let me just question this. Did you say flowering or floundering? Flowering. All right. Like, bloom, all right. like blooming out. Blooming. Got it. All right. Um, well, again, you know, and then the, the debate goes to gi or no gi. You know, I'm telling you, I will, if you want to grapple no gi, we'll grapple no gi. Man, I, I do both all the time. I think you need Same. to do both. I think it's super important. However, I'm a gi guy and I think the gi is awesome. Every student should work with the gi. And this is where people are going to hate me and disagree and I don't care because the gi is going to teach you how to do jujitsu and it's going to slow you down. And the gi is like training wheels. Uh, and <clears throat> I mean, it'll, you won't get as injured um, and people have these holds on you that make it really difficult and you have to start working your way out and use your brain. Having said that, you shed the gi, you take that gi off, you, you, you know, no gi is, is different from gi. It's a different set of holes and you got to learn those too. We go through, um, we do no gi like every summer, we do three months of no gi at our school. So uh, during the summertime, it's all no gi, uh, two, two months, three months, you know, you never know. Um, I do a lot of ankle locks during the summer too. So, you know, I'm, I, I believe in jujitsu. So again, I don't fit in anywhere in the sense of, oh, I, I'm on a team here because I'll do no gi all the time, man. I mean, at our school, we will like every Saturday, we have our open mat no gi. I mean, and we do that so that all the other, we have a bunch of no gi schools that want to come and grapple too. So we just don't do the gi and we grapple all the time uh, doing no gi. So um, 
I think it's important that you do both. And that's where I disagree with the self-defense guys. They all talk about self-defense, but a lot of them are, don't, don't do no gi at all. I mean, it's like, I just do the gi and they're like, like gi snobs. And it's like, dude, sometimes you're not going to have a jacket on out on the street. I got that. Right. I, I, I can handle that. Sometimes you will have a jacket and that's cool, but I just think you need to know both. And I think you need to know ankle locks too. Uh, and that's a lot of self-defense guys aren't into that. And I'm saying, I just, go, I love jujitsu in its completeness. And I want to learn everything about jujitsu. I want to learn everything about jujitsu. And so that's, that's what I do. I, and I let my students, um, we do tournament. We will go to tournaments. We'll do nogi. Heck man, we'll do punches and kicks on each other. We'll uh, get the knives out. You know, we'll get the training knives and start trying to stab each other while we grapple. And, you know, um, so I go, I have a, a wide variety of things I do in jujitsu myself. And I, and I don't, I do not begrudge anybody else who'd like, if you do no gi, I don't look down on you. Fine, dude, do no gi. I think you're missing out, but you know, I really like 10th planet jujitsu. I'm a big fan of those guys. I have a lot of 10th planet friends and I, anybody says anything bad about 10th planet, I would just completely disagree with that. Cause uh, you know, those guys are trying their best. They're all, you know, they're all probably evil spawns of Satan because they're, into doing that rubber guard but hey you know. <laughs> man i've got mastering the rubber guard on my tv stand know, right but yeah so i, I mean i'm stealing i love stealing 10th planet moves and then in the gi teach those moves and people go oh my god back in the day but when 10th planet first came out it was like oh that sucks it's the gi you don't need that stuff and i'm like really man so that made me go okay i'm gonna study this and i started studying 10th planet you know i got all the books just like you and videos and watch it and then i would take their 10th planet moves and i would teach them during geek class which i think is very effective in the gi myself uh, i think 10th planet moves are very effective in the gi all right those the pants and having um friction is super important and they would be i would back then i was blowing people's minds with these moves and then i would tell them that i got it from 10th planet and then you know how do they in their minds reconcile what i just taught them at a seminar right you go wow people told me that they were bad but they're yeah. so good. <laughs> Man, what is, you know, so like, what is it with that stigma? You know, I was, it's just labeling. I started training in 06 and I mean, Eddie Bravo, I feel like was like coming out and becoming big right around that time with some of his Nogi stuff. And that was lockdown was always a thing I was exposed to, but there was all like, especially like the first five years or so I trained, there was like a major stigma attached to Eddie that I no longer understand really. Yeah, well, I learned a lot from Eddie Bravo, to be honest, especially about how to handle criticism. Um, you know, I would just watch him closely about how he handled it, because there was a lot of times that people would criticize him, say all these awful things, you know, and, you know, he, he smokes marijuana and they were had a big problem with that. And, and you know, uh, and, you know, you know, millions of people die every year from marijuana. So, I mean, I think that was, you know, a problem. I'm just joking. <laughs> but um, he was. He just looked down on it and I looked at him and, you know, I just, I, I, I looked how he handled stuff. And uh, I've come to the realization that um, he might care, but he sure says hell doesn't act like he gives a shit what you think. So, and I went, I like that. I like that whole attitude. And that's, I've taken that attitude on um, when, when I get criticized or something like that, I just say whatever I want. And then people criticize me for it. I don't care. I'll, I'll take whatever ramifications because I'm, I feel that I'm telling the truth, although it's my version of the truth because, you know, you don't know everything, but it's my version of the truth. And you just, just say, I'm here to teach jujitsu to people. So I'm telling you the truth. If you don't like it, you can 
compartmentalize it somehow, but being able to handle that criticism is super important. And I think uh, Eddie Bravo was a good, um, a good example of how to handle that, man. He, he just didn't give a shit about anything. So uh, any of that, and there was some harsh criticism, but in the end, I mean, it's a Tim's planet is a valuable jujitsu style, man. And I like it. To, I've stolen lots of moves from those guys. And I, I, you know, I steal moves from everybody because I like jujitsu. You should follow my lead and like all of jujitsu, like the gi, the no gi, um, you know, t- anywhere you can learn jujitsu that's going to work for you, just take it. Even sambo and stuff like that, judo, wrestling, you should be taking stuff from there, man. We, I just like the whole thing. So again, like I said, I don't fit into any kind of group. I wouldn't have, uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't want to be a part of a group that would have me as a member anyway. So I just, yeah. I don't. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a great take, man. Like how do you uh, respond to criticism? talk about how Eddie kind of deals with it. I mean, you're like, I've known about you for years. I'm sure you um, have, uh, you know, experienced uh, some fame or what have you, or people being critical of you. How do you respond? Um, I have been called every name in the book. All right. So um, I've been called everything like some bad, bad stuff. And if you want to become well-known, uh, for jujitsu. And the reason I want to, I want to be well known, I guess, is because I want to teach jujitsu. I want to, I want people to learn jujitsu from me. I really don't have a fame thing in my head where I have to be famous or anything like that. I just want to be well, I, it's something that I love and I want to, sh- I have a passion for it and I want to spread it. But there are a lot of people that um, don't want you to get anywhere. Don't want you to be successful. Don't want you to have any measure of success whatsoever and they will criticize you for it. And you're never going to hear anybody who's successful criticize another successful person. Very rarely you're going to hear that because you're too successful. People are too busy trying to be successful. You only hear people who are not successful criticizing, right? So you always, when anybody criticizes, you need to look at that person and go, what, I mean, you know, if John, if John Danaher criticized me, that's one thing. If Joe Blow criticizes me, some dude, you got to look and go, hey, well, you're a white belt in jujitsu and you're criticizing me. Nah, I'm not really, you know, not really letting that happen. And, you know, I, I just give the finger to it. I don't really. Um, I, a lot of times, though, people who criticize are telling you the truth and you need to look at that as well, too. Right. So don't let just go. Oh, no, that's not the truth. You just look to see if it's the truth and and try to change and be a better person. But for the most part, you, especially today, man, on like, I mean, literally today, like today, if you're on um, Facebook or anything and you make an opinion on something or, I mean, especially about this pandemic or whatever, you're going to get major people freaking out about stuff. Everybody's got an opinion and they got to go on Facebook because they have nobody to talk to and they go on because they got to give their opinion on stuff. And then when you give your opinion, man, people are going to disagree and, and right. And then they're all then their feelings are hurt because people disagreed with you. Yes, that's what's going to happen. Welcome to getting yourself out there and noticed by people. You're going to get criticized. And if you can't handle that, if you can't handle it, you don't, don't do it. Please don't do it because it's just going to hurt your feelings. And I don't have any feelings anymore. So I'm okay. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, it's ironic. I was thinking about, we were doing some on the podcast, some jujitsu breakdowns the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for jujitsu matches, super fights. And I saw like that, I think it was the Eddie Bravo Hoyler fight, the second one. Mm -hmm. And it had like 
eight million views or something. Mm-hmm. I could be exact, but but millions of views. Yeah. And I was like, man, how does someone respond to like, how does Eddie Bravo respond to that? You know? And I mean, that's, it is, I mean, I've heard him talk about kind of de- like with, on like Joe Rogan's podcast and stuff, how to kind of, he, he and Joe have a similar philosophy of you just can't get concerned with that bullshit. Yeah. And everybody, there's some stupid ass opinions too, right? I mean, you just go, holy crap, where, where did you come up with that opinion? And you just, and it'll start to bug you if you let it. And and, you know, especially now, uh, I just want to tell people when you hear people are angry or whatever, they're just there. People are going through a lot. I mean, this quarantine is, uh, is tough on people and it's actually driving people crazy, I think. And, you know, I, and people are losing friendships over things, you know, and you just got to go. <clears throat> and I'm like, even like on Facebook, I have people from all kinds of the political spectrum and I never unfriend anybody. Uh, you know, I listen to everybody's political opinion because I don't want to become the guy that has to have my opinion and that's it. I'm trying to learn and be a better person. And I'm not, I, please don't think I'm virtue signaling. We're just on this podcast talking about it, but I try to be a better person and not, um, and man, people say some bullshit. Ooh, and I, you know, I just laugh and let it go because people are trying to express themselves and, and, and it's a tough time right now. And, but boy, I'm telling you, if something doesn't, um, if something doesn't agree with you politically, people just freak out and have to get rid of that person. I can't hear this in my life. And that I'm telling you, when you do that, that that's, that's going to pigeonhole you. And at least you don't have to, un, you don't have to listen to the truth. I mean, you don't have to listen because you can believe whatever bullshit you want. And you've got those friends that will just keep on feeding that. And you don't have to listen to another opinion. And, and I, uh, that's not how you grow as a person. So, um, you know, and you got to handle it when people criticize you. Holy crap. I've been called everything. Way I look, way I think, way I talk, my haircut, my just everything, you know, whatever. Um, my favorite insult, though, this was my favorite insult of all time. Okay. Someone called me one time a mindless Pedro Sour robot. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Yes. But I do have a mind but I am a Pedro Sauer robot because he does a lot of good jujitsu and I want to be just like him. So that was my favorite. That was, I was like, that is the best compliment I have ever received in my life. So I'm on the right track. (laughs) There you go, man. uh, I, I kind of get the gist. You've been being productive during uh, sort of this downtime we have the not normally, you know, teaching our class schedule and stuff. Um, what are, what are some of the things you've been working on? I know you have a, a BJJ Fanatics video that you just released. Is that correct? Or has it come out yet? No, it came out. Yeah, it just came out two days ago uh, on BJJ Fanatics. Um, it was supposed to be – I was, was going to call it the Barker Lounger Side Control System, but they called it old school jiu-jitsu, like, I, like I'm old. And what the, the video has a lot of cool stuff in it, man, a lot of like – cutting edge kind of stuff so i'm like yeah okay i guess i'm an older guy so they want to call it old, old school jujitsu and and you know uh, for marketing purposes but man there's some good stuff on that that i get people all the time and in fact when i went there to boston i flew in and uh, so i'm there and we're, we're doing the video and we had some time and I, the, one of the dudes who was there uh, a younger guy he wanted to grapple with me. And I go, yeah, dude, let's grapple. I'm all for that, man. I'm always down to roll. And so I grappled with him. And as we're grappling, the, I used the, the, the Barker lounger side control system on him. 
I'm using all the moves that I was doing that I'm showing because I wanted him to see that what I was doing was actually working. And it was just, he was like, couldn't like, he had some puzzles to figure out and he did a great job, but he was like, Whoa, that's what you're showing. And so then I saw the fire lit light, light in his eyes that, wow, maybe these old school guys do have something that they can teach us about jujitsu. And, and uh, I think it's some of my best work to be honest. And, and so I, I did that right before we went into the quarantine, if you will. And I, I got that out of the way, but I've been super productive, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I was down for a long time about not being able to teach jujitsu. It's one of those things in my life that I've got to have. I've got to continue to do it. And I need to, I need to be there. It's, it is my profession and it is what I do for a living. And, um, you know, people just go, oh, do you identify with jujitsu? And I go, yes, I identify that I, that is what I do for a living. And if I can't do it anymore, it's going to certainly suck in my life. And I, I was down for, I don't know, a good week of, um, I don't know, poor me, you know, bullshit like that. And because, and I'm a guy, and I'm going to tell you this, I'm a guy that it, I don't get down very often because, hey man, when things are going bad, you have to pull yourself up and start doing what you need to do for success because nothing is holding you back. However, the pandemic was holding me back, right? They told me I couldn't go to my business anymore and teach. And so I'm like, uh, this is no, this is not my fault. This is truly not my fault. I mean, this thing is not my fault. So, uh, and that had me, you know, sideways for a little while, but I started thinking, you know, Hey, this, uh, we're, we're going to have to do something because I don't know, this might last a month. So I made a commitment to myself that I was going to work and, uh, improve my business while we were closed. So my wife is my business partner. Uh, and she's called the boss, by the way. Uh, we, we started um, working on the business, improving it. I've been doing videos now that um, for brand new people when they come in so that they have, can take these, you know, they'll get these sent to them at home. They can watch the videos on positional and what to do. Cause people go, I don't know what to do when I grapple, when we start off, right? When you're brand new, you don't know what to do, right? Uh, except get your ass kicked. And so I, I've been doing a lot of videos. I've been doing my diamond details of the day uh, on my YouTube channel. Yeah, and I'm very, I love those. Those are so awesome. They're just fun to show little details that I've picked up over the years and how to make things, how to improve your game, so to speak. And I'm, I'm giving you $500 worth of a move every single video, man. And uh, I'm giving them away for free. Uh, so just sign up, you know, sign up for my YouTube channel. I guess that's all I want. And uh, What is been, your YouTube channel? Is this Keith Owen Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah, Jiu -Jitsu? yeah, just look up Keith Owen on, on YouTube. Uh, it's not team Rhino or anything. It's just Keith Owen. And, uh, <clears throat> I have, you know, I haven't been really big on my YouTube channel for that, but now I'm going to, because I mean, I want to get those diamond details out. Cause I've got about, I don't know, about 2000 more of them I can do. So, you know, and then I've been doing lots of podcasts like this one. I mean, I, I'm done a ton of those. And, uh, so I'm improving my life and I, I know I'm, I have, I have no control over the circumstances of which I am sitting at home today, but I'm going, when this starts back up, I am going to have my school running like a top man. We're business wise. We're really tuning things up and just trying to be better. And, and the people who are just sitting around, not doing anything, they're going to be a step behind a guy like me. So we're, uh, and I just want to say too, that I completely appreciate my students. They have been so kind to us. Um, 
without them, we, we would be failed and we would go out of business just straight up. So they've been super cool and I love them and I can't, <clears throat> and you know, in my life, I'm going to look back on this time and I'm going to go at this time. I saw where people were good. You know, as a cop, I was telling you there's 20% that are bad and then 80% of people are good. And right now I'm experiencing that 80% of people being good to, uh, to my wife and I and helping us stay in business in this effing dark time, you know. And now we, we're not going to be able to open till May 15th. So these, the nightmare continues for us. And um, so, but people have been just totally helpful and totally good and totally cool. And I love them. And, and by God, when we start back up, I'm going to be paying these people back. Uh, we're going to be doing lots of, lots of jujitsu stuff for the rest of the year to uh, extra special things that are really going to pay them back for helping us out, not leaving us in, in a literal time of need right now. I mean, uh, just a nightmare. Yeah. That's a, uh, we've experienced the same thing with our membership. The support has been amazing. I mean, obviously a few people are going, their livelihoods have been negatively impacted. Now I have like a whole other I college classes, I, uh, a history professor job. I have this whole other income. We're still doing, you know, everything's fine for me. So it's easy to not, you're easy to be just like, Oh, you know, everything's fine for me and not worry about people who have literally lost their income or yes. not, their business is not going to recover. Yes. Um, so it's, uh, it's just weird, unprecedented time for my lifetime. I mean, do you, do you ever remember anybody connected to you and your family get taken out by the Spanish flu? No. Like grandparents, anything like that? No. H and you know, there was H1N1, you know, the, the swine flu coming and I never, I don't know, maybe I had it. I don't know, but, uh, boy, this is, this has never been a problem up until now. And, uh, I just hope we don't have to go through this again. I just, you know, I don't want to get political, but man, it's hard to, it's hard to everybody stay at home when there's business to be done and, you know, need to make money. Um, and you can go, Oh, well, you need to stay home. Uh, so you don't get this flu, but at the same time, you stay home, don't get the flu, and then you have no money, and you go bankrupt, and and then your life, the quality of your life goes downhill. There's a balance point. I'm all about balance in life. You know, I try to be balanced. That's my jujitsu too. I try to have balance. You know, of, of liking all kinds of things in jujitsu. I always look for a balance um, in life, and I think that's that's where you, what you should do. Not get to extremes on things, but um, find the balance. And the balance is we we can. We can have social distancing. We can do all this stuff, but we can also start the businesses back up. You know, people are going to disagree with me, but I am a business owner. I need the money. <laughs> I need to keep my school going, you know, and so we'll, we'll take those appropriate uh, precautions to keep everybody safe when we open up. Yeah. Tough job being a governor. I don't I'll tell you that's way to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I mean, thank you just too. also, I've noticed this a little bit in our communities. Um, the mayors seem to be around here are like, well, we might do things a little differently than the governor and the governors like in Arkansas, we're like one of the, the lax there's like six States that are just like, haven't done very much. That's where I'm at, mm -hmm. you know? So the yeah. governor's, you know, real, real laid back too. And like, uh, we'll start back May one. And our mayor was on, on TV last night being like, you know, we might do that a little earlier. So it's who's the Arkansas. Who's your governor? Asa Hutchinson. Asa Hutchinson. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Asa Hutchinson. Wow. Yeah. What do you know about him? Anything? 
Well, he was big in the Bush administration, I think. So he, he knows a lot of federal stuff. It, you know, governors of Arkansas are interesting, man. <laughs> they are they are super interesting. And I say yeah. that in the best way possible. Right? Man, I teach I teach Arkansas history. I'm totally uh, I'm with you. Just wow, you know. Uh, I like Asa Hutchinson. I think that's cool. They, he's just got a lot of things on. I mean, there's he's going to get criticized, um, and then people are going to vote him in, in or out. So. It's just tough, but this is where a politician has to become a statesman. Okay, you got to you got to put your political. You cannot start thinking of your political um, life during a, an emergency situation for the people. You have to put your career, even I mean, seriously, I think you need to put your career on the line and make the decisions that are right for everybody, even if Keith Owen doesn't like them, and I don't, I don't freaking like them, but at the same time, I respect it. You know, you got to you got to make those decisions and. And uh, you can't be looking at your political career when you're making decisions about life and death. And that's, that's, that's how you, a politician gets to be a statesman is, is by putting that aside. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of governors that are not doing that right now, you know, but um, you just got to do what's right as the governor. And, you know, Keith Owen doesn't freaking like it, but at the same time, there's a, there's a lot of things you got to think about. And I love our system of government too, by the way, I think it's awesome. I like how, there's the federal government and the states and the governors run everything and the, the federal government might have money, but they don't have a lot of say so in what happens in the states. And then the states have put it down to the mayors because the mayors are really the ones that have all the power. I mean, they really do. And they're the ones who are in the community. And that's how it should be. We should know our mayors and we should be able to, um, you know, vote for them and see it. It shouldn't have to be the president making a decision for everybody. I, and our founding fathers knew that, and, and it's a great system. It, and it, it doesn't give anybody power, and I like that. You know, it gives them just enough to get something done, but not enough to take over. And that, I, that's why I think it's cool. And anyway, I, I'm here for jujitsu, not about politics, because I don't know. Hey, man, it, it, anytime you want to go on a political science rant with a, a historian, uh, yeah, feel free. I, uh, no one wants to yeah, they, that's why they set it up. I'm like here going through my constitution lecture with you in my head, so. But, I think the Russians are following me, though. And, but I've been home in quarantine, so I don't know. You know, I get conspiratorial. Man, <laughs> the Russians might be following you. ISIS is definitely following Kurt Ossiander. Yes, Have for sure. Him? For sure. Oh, man, that dude is too much. But uh, I can well, tell you some Kurt Ossiander stories that I will not, though. But that I... He's a fascinating man. Kurt Osiander is a fascinating man. And man, I love watching uh, his video. I've seen tons of his stuff over the years, and I've met him a time or two. Uh, I remember the first time I went to Worlds as a purple belt, he was there, and I, I was like, oh, man, Keith Owen. Or, uh, uh, Kurt Osiander, can I have a picture? You know? Rhino. Another another hero, you know. But uh, and and it right as whoever it was was snapping the picture, he just flips the bird, and I was just like, laughing in the in the photo but he's a character man my wife and his wife sat down for a good two or three hours talking one time and they were just had they got along so well together that uh you know they just got along something we you know i learned a lot about kurt Osiander too cool guy yeah cool dude so well man last last question for you um professor just because man i like i said it, it's been helpful for me to just like have you in my feed you know, just to like see oh, your, pro, your, your posts and stuff. What is, uh, what is some advice you would give to maybe a, a new practitioner that's listening uh, 
that may see this white belt blue belt. I mean, just somebody that's young, young in their jujitsu journey. I see you provide some commentary on that. And yeah, um, if I, <clears throat> my job is to get a new person to become a black belt. It's not to become a purple belt, not to become a brown belt. It's to become a black belt. I do two things. I get white belts and I turn them into black belts. That's my job. Um, and I believe that it takes about eight, nine, 10 years to get your black belt in jujitsu. I will never accept it that you get your black belt in three years or something like that. I mean, that's cool. There's a few people that have done that, not criticizing anybody for it, but I just think to be a master of jujitsu, it's a doctorate degree that you're getting uh, in jujitsu, right? Um, and so I make doctors of jujitsu, if you will. And so it's my job to get those new people uh, comfortable and <laughs> being able to grapple because you know, as well as I do, I mean, you started jujitsu. What did you, what happened? Probably your first day they taught you a move or two, maybe explain positions. You never know. Hey, just do your best, man. We're just going to grapple right now. And you just do your best. And you're like, okay, whatever. And then they go and proceed to kick your ass and get your ass handed to you. And you're like, oh my God, what the hell just happened to me, right? And I don't think that's a good thing for new people, right? Uh, and it was good for me and it's probably good for you because we're both freaking crazy. I mean, we like that. Yeah, beat my ass. I kind of like it, right? And this yeah, girl so tapped me out right at the beginning and I'm like, oh, sweet. That's fantastic, right? But I don't think everybody's as psycho as you and I that'll just persevere on getting your ass kicked. But you are going to get your ass kicked and it's my job to to get it so you understand jujitsu. And that's why I'm doing these videos that I was talking about to front load people on how the proper techniques starting out, what you need to do, help you to understand. Because man, as we get older, I wanna tell you this, and again, this is probably gonna be not good, but I'm gonna say this anyway. People are a bunch of pusses. Man, the older, the old, more time goes on, our society is becoming a massive bunch of pusses. They just don't, uh, they're, the testosterone level in human beings I feel is going down so and what does this mean well they come into my class and they can't handle just gently getting your ass kicked if you know what I mean right you're helping hey I'm just treating you good we're playing we're rolling having a good time you know they're oh that hurt my ego right and you're gonna have to first of all work your ego so that you're able to handle this right you need to work your ego you need to make a commitment that you're going to stick to it no matter what. Cause there's a lot of problems that come up, man. You could have house, you could have spouse problems. You could have work problems. You could have money issues. You could get injured. I mean, I, there's probably 10 more things I could bring up as to why you would quit jujitsu, right? You just, you didn't understand it. You got, I mean, you just kept getting beat up and it's my job to get you in there and make you feel comfortable and be able to work your way up. And in new people in my school, you don't have to grapple off the bat. I don't want you to grapple, I don't care. And so there's a different paradigm in my mind on how to get new people into jujitsu and keep them so that they work their way up. If you and I were gonna go weightlift, and I ain't much into weightlifting, but you're gonna teach me how to weightlift, right? And you, we come in together and you go, okay, Keith, here's what we're doing. We're putting 300 uh, pounds on this bench press, dude, and you're going to bench press 300 pounds today. Well, I know you're looking at me right now going, wow, you know, I think Keith Owen could bench 300 pounds right off the bat, but I'm going to assure you that I don't think I probably could. Okay. And I'd go, Hey, um, why don't we just like do 125? You know, let me work my way up to it. No, dude, 300, you're going to get this. And then I can't lift that 300, but then you say, Hey, just keep trying. You'll get it. 
and no wonder I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to come and bench press with you. And I don't want to work out because it, I don't see any success and things aren't going well. And my job is to show success and to help you work your way up. And we start out easy and work your way up. Having said that, I don't give a crap how you begin. I care about how you finish and you're going to finish strong and you're going to be a black belt and you're not, you're not going to be a shitty black belt. You're going to be a, a high quality black belt at the end. And I think this is the problem in, in, in our, in jujitsu is that new people come in they get their ass kicked and then they leave when you gotta, you gotta, we gotta do better in getting those new people to stay and they, they get, um, they work on their self-esteem and they get gain confidence to keep going. Uh, I take weak people and make them strong. Okay. I don't need strong guys coming in to start off the bat. All right. Because I don't believe that's what jujitsu is about. It's about weak people becoming strong through jujitsu. So if, if you want to come to my school, be weak. That's, that's fantastic. Cause I can make you good at jujitsu. I just can't, I just, I have no control over your attitude and your ego. And that's what I want to tell the white belts is that you have to change your attitude and your ego that no matter how bad it gets, I'm going to become, become comfortable being uncomfortable in jujitsu. All right. Because, right. And I work the, I make them work the bottom. I make them get punished on the bottom so that they become comfortable being there because everybody loves the top. Fantastic. But it's the bottom where you get really good, but you have to change your attitude starting out and, and, we try to front load them with the attitude part too, right? With your, with uh, sticking to it. And, but uh, it's tough. Jiu-jitsu is tough, man. It, I mean, you want an easy martial art. You, you can take Taekwondo or something like that. You don't even have to touch anybody, which is good in a pandemic and you could get a black belt. Okay. And I'm, I'm not criticizing that because some people, that's what they want to do. Right. It's like a bucket list. I'd like to have a black belt. Oh, well, what can I do? Oh, one year in, in this martial art, I'll go take it. Jiu-jitsu is not like that. Jiu-jitsu is the real deal. It is for real people who want to learn to kick ass. The problem is you're going to get your ass kicked before you kick ass. And you have to be able to deal with that new person. And, and if you can't, uh, you know, that's going to be tough. And, you know, I have, a, I have a book out called From the Ground Up, if I can make a shameless plug here. Uh, I wrote it about a year or two ago. And it, it's about, it's, it, it's, it's from the ground up and it's for new people on how to survive in the school they're at. Okay. And it's not necessarily about my school, my school, I run differently than other schools. In fact, you people probably think I'm weird the way I run my school, but before the pandemic, I had over 200 students at my school. So whatever is happening there is working for us, but at other schools, I can't say that. So I wrote this book on how to help those people. Uh, to get better. And there's a mental, physical, emotional, and political section in, in that book. All right. So you'll have an emotional section on how to deal with things emotionally, how to deal with things mentally, uh, how to deal with things physically, and then how to deal with things politically, because that's, people don't take that into consideration when they're at schools. There's a pecking order that you go through, you know, and, you know, for instance, don't, don't tap a blue belt out. You're, you win your first blue belt. You don't just throw your hands up in the air screaming, yes, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think politically that goes good in the school. You know, just things like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Where, uh, is that book for sale? Amazon? Where, could, where can Amazon. I get that? Yeah, it's a Kindle version. I haven't done the, uh, one day I'm going to do the, just a, a, a physical copy of it. And everybody likes the physical copy. I know that. But I'm, I have it on Kindle right now. And uh, you know, a lot of people have said they like it, man. I, I put, poured my heart and soul into it. And I'm going to do one for intermediate students. I'm going to do one for advanced. And then we're going to do one for teachers eventually over my lifetime. So 
but it's a, I'm telling you, I hate to, I, I sound like I'm bragging, but I think it's a really good book. Um, not just for new people, but for anybody, you know, uh, you know, I've had lots of success, lots of people, lots of high level people have read my book and uh, have said they liked it a lot. So uh, I think it can help people from the ground up on Amazon. Shameless uh-huh. plug. Yeah. Well, uh, professor, thank you for all the resources over the years, books, instructionals, YouTube videos, whether they're on your channel or, or others. Cause that's actually, I think I saw you first on uh, submissions 101 or something. Yeah. So well, and I appreciate submissions 101, man. That really helped me out a lot. I'm man, isn't Ari your student? Yeah. Ari's yeah. one of my black belts. Yeah. Okay, I have yeah. 11 black belts and, and Ari's one of them. First, he got his first degree here. I don't know six months ago or something like that. I do remember really seeing great that. guy. I'm going to hit him up to be on the podcast. Hopefully oh, you should. Yeah, yeah. he's great. He, he does. Um, he's very good at talking. So, uh, and he's a good human being. Uh, I'm very proud of him. So um, Excellent. I, I, I just want to do well in life and in the sense of help other people out in jujitsu. That's really, I'm, I'm going to die one day. Money's cool. I like making money, but uh, helping people in jujitsu and getting better and spreading it uh, and spreading pages of jujitsu. That's my goal in life. And, you know, that's why I'm here today talking to you. I want to spread the love of jujitsu and, 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 and the, and how you do jujitsu correctly. Cause there's a way and people don't know. Lots of people don't know. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, they can watch this podcast and find out more about it. I hope they do. All right. Well, thanks again, professor. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, I'll be keeping up with you in the meantime. Uh, and, and have a great day. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. See you.